0: What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another week and another episode of Unscripted. We're you professionals from all walks of life, touching their backstory, their mindset, and how they navigate through adversity and opposition. As always, I'm your host, Hakeem Haynes. Before we get into this week's episode of the show, do us a huge favor. Head to Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, chartable.com, or Spotify and leave a rating and review of the show. This small act goes a long way in moving the podcast forward. It takes three to four minutes. If you could do that for us, that would truly, truly mean a lot. This week on the show, she's a former NCAA champion, a 12 time first team All American. She's a part time chef. A professional hurdler for ASICS, Peyton Chadwick joins me on the show. Originally from Springdale, Arkansas, she grew up a Razorback fan. And later down the road, she would attend the same school that she grew up supporting. In this episode, we talk about how she is battling back from injury, especially this season. The backstory behind the injury, how she quiets the doubts. How she found the courage to ask for help, that is a a beautiful, courageous thing to do because we cannot do life alone by ourselves. Her career and successes at the University of Arkansas, how her faith helps keep her grounded, finding self-worth and the value away from the sport, that is another thing. That every athlete needs to always keep in mind. You are more than just an athlete. And Peyton goes through and walks us down that path for herself. Uh, How she handles stress. How she started cooking and developing her culinary skills. And she may have said that in 2025, 2026, that a cookbook may be in the works. So definitely keep that in mind. And most importantly, we also touch on why... Progress is more important than perfection, and so much more. This is an episode that you don't want to miss. If you've been following Peyton since the beginning of her journey to date, then perhaps there are some things inside of our conversation that you may not know of her, about her, before. uh, Peyton Real down to earth, real good people's good heart. She's a hard worker, but most importantly, tends to continue to use her platform to not only encourage, inspire, uplift, and give information to the younger generation coming behind her. And I believe she is doing just that every single time that she steps in her community, on the track, and wherever room that she walks into. So, without further ado, enjoy this week's episode, Peyton Chadwick. <laughs> Peyton. Hey. What's going on? Nothing much. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I saw you were uh, you were laid out on the track the other day. What kind of workout was that about?
1: Yesterday. <laughs> um, well, um, since I've been injured, I haven't been able to do like sprint workouts. So yesterday was like the first time I was able to do like a sprint sprint workout. So I did two 200s at 90 percent and then two 150s at 90 percent. So I was just I was dead after the
0: 200s. I don't miss those days at all. I don't miss those days at all. But before we touch on that, Payton, let's 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 start off like this. You know, I'm I'm always big on gratitude. Right. If we can start the day in good spirits, then we can get momentum to do whatever is next. Give me three things you're grateful for today, Payton.
1: I'm grateful for, of course, you know, the Lord and Savior. Um, I'm grateful for my husband, um, and I'm grateful for um, just the abilities that uh, God has given me, you know, to be able to be on the track and be a light in um, other people's lives, like the younger ones that are looking up to me. That's what I'm grateful for.
0: You spoke about an injury, and I don't think a lot of people are understand. I mean, that's the kind of the way how the story goes, right? You don't know what you don't say you find the strength to push through. But as you just mentioned, you just started training again, being able to train at a good capacity. What was that injury, Peyton? And from what I understand, you were kind of hurt before Olympic trials as well, too. That's crazy. When you think about it, you're still able to perform. So walk me through that whole process, because man, injuries suck.
1: <laughs> okay, we will do. So Back in, well, first of all, I trained all through COVID, so no breaks during COVID, stayed on the track, and then I actually went overseas for four meets during COVID, which was crazy. Um, And I guess since it didn't feel like a real year, we just Mm -hmm. didn't take much time off to go into 2021, about a week off. Um, And so we went straight into hardcore training again. And I was already in great shape. So I was able to move forward with those tough workouts sooner and quicker. So then I got to January last year, 2021, and just something didn't feel right. Um, I didn't feel ever feel a pop, but I just could not sprint. So I got an ultrasound and they were like, Oh, you have a grade two hamstring tendon tear. And I was like, Okay. So we took six weeks off. Uh came back and coming back, it was still just not the same. Like I could, I felt it in all my pushes. I couldn't accelerate. I couldn't really push off that leg. Um, and so I got an MRI again and it was still a grade one, but it was middle of the season and trials were in a month and a half. So I was like, well, I'm just going to push through. So (laughs) pushed through ran a personal best at trials Uh, it didn't fit. My leg did not feel great. went overseas twice. There were some days where I couldn't even warm up, but I was like, well, they're telling me it's, it's good. So I'm just going to push through, keep pushing through. Then, uh, finally took a break six weeks off before I started the new season, this season and switched coaches. And then, uh, we started training. I was able to do the low intensity stuff, but the second we tried to sprint, I still couldn't do it. And I'm like, what the heck? So I got an MRI again. The tear was still there. So that's when I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna have to really take a step back, or this is gonna be forever uh, just bothersome." So rehab for six weeks. Came back extremely slow. Like I just I've been sprint training for like six weeks now, but not not the kind of sprint sprint training that would like get you really prepared. So yesterday was my first like sprint sprint day in a long time hurdles that's different because hurdles you don't have to really open up your uh your gate I guess you can kind of shuffle in in the middle so hurdling doesn't hurt as bad but those sprint workouts where you have to like really um do that so that's kind of what I've been dealing with now I deal with the tendonitis side of it with the tears healed so I'm just happy I can finally move forward
0: (laughs) you know it's what you just said is not, it's not as easy as most people may think as you make it look like from a mental standpoint, right? Physically, we can push through physically, you know, humans, we can, we can endure almost anything, but the mindset Mm -hmm. and the frame behind it, like I remember Peyton, uh, the, the year before I actually ran well post-collegiately, I ran six fifty one in the 60, uh, to open up, but I didn't start training in, I didn't start training until December. And I'm there watching all my teammates train. I'm just like, yo, these guys are rolling speed work, looking sharp. They're looking crispy. I'm like, yo, what is going? I'm on the grass. I'm thinking to myself, yo, is this even worth it? Like, what is going on? Did you ever have those moments Peyton? I think we all do at some point, but how did you mentally stay encouraged to get up for the day?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, for me, I, I can't be there like being at practice and seeing your teammates, like progressing is really tough for me. So I, while they were practicing, that's when I scheduled like my rehab time. So it felt like I was still training at the exact yeah. same time as they were, but being there just took a huge toll on me. I would show up every now and then, and I would, I watched their races and I would encourage them, but just being there was too much. Um, so that's, I did that. Um, and then just knowing that it's not going to, it'll get better. Um, it just takes time and I have to trust the process and continue to do the rehab that sucks, the small little things that suck <laughs> and just keep pushing, pushing through, even though it feels like you're getting out of shape every single day. Um, but that's kind of what I did. Um, the first time around the second time around, cause I moved out to North Carolina, Um, when I had to rehab for six weeks, I I went back to Texas with my husband. And so it kind of got my mind off of everything. I was just working out, rehabbing every day, um, trusting the process, working with Jerrica Thomas. I don't know if you know her, she's a PT through USATF. Um, but just knowing that it's not going to be like that forever, that it will get better.
0: (laughs) Galatians 6 verse 9, right? Do not be weary for doing good for at the proper time of your harvest if you don't give up. But Peyton, I want to talk about the pandemic real quick, right? Because mm-hmm. the way you said you trained all the way through and as an athlete, you don't really have like, especially track. You don't, I've never heard someone say, oh, you're like, I can't, I'm, I'm sick today. I can't come in. You don't have sick days. right? But the pandemic taught us a bunch of different things about ourselves. What has the, what did the pandemic teach you about you?
1: Um, I had to make a big decision because at the time, that's when I was at Arkansas and all the facilities closed down like they did everywhere. Um, So we didn't have access to, you know, the weight room, the track, um, really nothing. Uh, So that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to move to Texas where my husband's family is from um, because it's in a smaller town and they know like all the athletic directors coaches and so i had access
0: to everything to
1: a track and a weight room every day anytime i wanted so i was like okay well here's i'd never trained by myself or on my own um so that was the first time i'd ever done that and i was i shocked myself um i was able to go out there and push myself, put the work in because when I came back to Fayetteville, I was in just as good shape as my training partners that stayed behind. So yeah. I was like, okay, wow. Like I didn't know that I could really get to get to that level. Cause it's hard when you're on your own out there, especially track workouts.
0: <laughs> Sometimes you just need somebody to die with you. So, you know, you win it together, you know what
1: i Exactly. But I did, there was a little high schooler that pulled me through, he, he went to a smaller college, but boys are stronger. So he pushed me through a few workouts. So that was helpful. But yeah, I just really grew and like my confidence in myself over the pandemic
0: and you talk about earlier one of the things you said that you are grateful for is to be able to be a light for the younger generation Mm -hmm. um but in order to know the full story of a person i believe if you got to go back to a little bit about the beginning so we got to go back to springdale arkansas pain what was the dynamics around you like growing up because from what i understand you also have two other sisters
1: so
0: what was what was all that like like what was Never heard of Springdale, Arkansas, right? I don't know what's out there, but give me give me the dynamics of what you were seeing
1: around you. Okay, Um, Springdale, Arkansas is about 15 minutes from Fayetteville, Arkansas. So I grew up a Razorback fan. Um, I went to all the sports because my grandpa had season tickets for everything: football, basketball. um, baseball. So grew up around that, uh, grew up going to the track meets and watching, uh, Wallace, uh, Spearman, of course. Mm -hmm. So always looked at him like, oh my gosh. Um, it's not like a small, small town, but it's a smaller feeling than Fayetteville and Fayetteville kind of feels foreign to Springdale. It's totally, totally different, even though it's only 15 minutes apart. Um, But grew up there, uh, did soccer. My dad, my dad trained me from sixth, seventh grade up until I left for college. Um, So I have that dynamic and we can go into that later if you want. I have two younger siblings, uh, Olivia and Sophia. Um, They both tried the sport thing, wasn't for them. They're super artsy. So Olivia does photography, videography. Sophie does like she can draw crazy things. And I don't and know that how of to...
0: works for you. That kind of works for all three of you right there.
1: <laughs> I guess so. Yes, for real. Uh, Yeah, she's super artsy and does her thing. But in a way, somebody told me this the other day. they were like, well, you're kind of artsy because the way you take photos of your food. And I was like, OK, I guess so. You're right. The presentation of the food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's really it about Springdale. I mean, it's Chickendale. I don't know if that's where Tyson came from. I don't know if you know that, like the Tyson any tizers that you see in Walmart. Yeah.
0: Oh, really? oh, okay. I didn't know. I know they were in the Arkansas area, but I didn't know it was exactly there. That's interesting. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Peyton, I'm 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 always a firm believer that we can learn lessons from almost anybody and everybody, whether it's indirectly or directly, whether it's our parents, whether it's the community, whether it's the church, wherever the case may be, what lessons did you learn directly or indirectly from your environment around you? You talked about the dynamics of your father being your coach. Maybe there was a lesson there because there are some things that my grandmother, my mom or those around me have told me that I stick with to this day and helps me get through certain things that I'm going through what lessons did you learn directly and directly during that time?
1: Um During that time with my dad, um he really pushed me on, you know what, you have this talent and I really think you can get to the next level. So in high school, I really think you can get to college. And me, I'm like, Are you, uh, I don't know. Are you sure? I don't. I didn't really think so until my senior year of high school, even though I was winning all the events. I was going to Texas Relays and doing really well, Um, but he's like, no, you have this talent. I was like, okay, so then I get to college, and I'm like, okay, am I really, am I that good? Uh, Because I went to OU at first, and it wasn't the greatest uh, experience. I didn't really grow a lot there, Um, but I knew, I was like, okay, I have this talent. This doesn't seem to be working. I need to move on. Um. So then I got to Arkansas, and I started th- seeing things come together. Um. Because I've always been a hard worker. Um. But I guess from all of that, I just it was like a process of believing in myself. Because <laughs> I guess I just didn't believe him. I didn't believe that I was good enough. Because like I, I went to, from high school to college. Eh, scholarship? Am I that good? But anybody, anybody else would have been like, oh my gosh, I got a scholarship. Um, so that was a a process for me was just believing in myself. And I don't really think it happened until my fifth year at Arkansas. So it took me a long time, uh, to get to that point because I was a hard worker, but other people were still, were still beating me. And I'm like, ah, this is, this is hard, um, even though like everybody believed in me, my parents, my coaches, my support system. So it took me a long time. I
0: read, yeah. I read this about you in uh, high school, paid an article that I was reading where you said uh, you doubted whether you could compete with better competition. All right, And I'm thinking to myself, um, For me, you know, especially in in Canada, you know, looking at different parts in Canada, but I never looked at Canada as this thing of, man, I want to be the best here. You got to start there. But I'm looking at these NCAA kids and trying to get a scholarship like anybody else, right? So my mentality wasn't the fact of, uh, do I doubt my ability that I can't compete with them? It's just like, man, I just need the opportunity. I'm wondering, Peyton. You said your parents believed in you, everybody believed in you. Why do you think it was so hard to believe in yourself? Do you think that you were focused more on the comparison around you, right? Judging that rather than your own abilities? Or do you think it was just like, man, I don't know. I don't I
1: just don't think I'm that good yet. No, hundred percent. It's I definitely was way too consumed with what other people thought um what it what it looked like to other people and like I thought that I had to be competing a certain way for people to accept uh, like me I guess like for my own parents like oh you need to run this time or you know like they wouldn't text me but that's that wasn't the case like they believed in me regardless but for me I just put so much extra pressure um into thinking that I had to be perfect all the time
0: mm. mm. Mm, the perfection rule. So, Ben, you got to Oklahoma, right? And what I found interesting was the gap that the difference that you made when you transferred from there to Arkansas in your first year, thirteen oh seven to twelve eighty three. But people also know that you you do all of the events, right? But in the hurdle section, what do you equate that that big drop to? Because I've often kind of realized, you know, the the drops in our sport it's not necessarily working harder. You know, you have to work hard, but maybe it's a coach or maybe it's a cue or maybe uh, it's a confidence thing, but what do you equate that big shift drop down to?
1: It was uh, definitely coaching and my coach's uh, ability to coach hurdles. And then it was also the competition. I, my biggest competition was on my own team Uh, at the time. That's when I was a, a heptathlete. So, you know, it was me, Uh, Leah Brown, Alex Gokenauer, uh, Talia Brooks, and Kelsey Herman. And we were all like taught, we were all going to qualify for nationals. So having that is what pushed me into being a great athlete. 100%.
0: At that time, um, you know, we are, because when you got to Arkansas, you were what, 20, 21 around there?
1: Yes. Yes. 20.
0: In that in that time, you know, as young adolescents, we're trying to figure out certain things, right? Like, who are we away from the track or from sports? And um, I don't think it is talked about enough when it comes to understanding a person's self-worth. That is a continuous journey for the rest of our lives, right? Because no matter where we are, the old us is inside of us who were you at that time paying with your own self-worth? What were you doing when you weren't doing track? What, what were you thinking about yourself? You know, because you get to a new place, new environment, they see you want to track everybody's coming out. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to self-love self-worth, what were you telling yourself behind closed doors?
1: Um, at that time I was extremely consumed with track and field, uh, I don't really think I did much outside of the sport. Um, especially that year that was 2016. Uh, no, cause I was a multi, I was doing the hurdles on top of the multi and the four by four sometimes. So I was practicing longer than everybody else, um, <laughs> was, <laughs> um, and I was just so exhausted by the time I got home. Like, I think I was just doing homework, going to bed, repeat. Um, that year, yeah, I really did not do very much until I met my husband.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shout out to him. Shout out to him, though, for opening you up to, to other things. Yeah.
1: I'm like, you need, you need that balance,
0: yeah. though. Uh, you obviously had a very successful career at Arkansas. I mean, you won NCAA mm-hmm. titles. You have records there. You won SECs. You've made a bunch of NCAA first teams. You've done a lot, Peyton. But when you look back, like, what does that mean to you now? you know, because sometimes when we're in a reflective state, we look back and we're just like, eh, it, it was cool back then, but I'm not there anymore. When you look back at all of that, you've been able to accomplish, what, what is it, what comes to mind?
1: Um, I mean, it was, it was a great, great, great experience that I will never take for granted. Um, when I look back, I just, I see all those days of hard work and everything that we we put in as a team at arkansas you know we had extreme high pressure there to win secs because we, we always have that consecutive like record of winning <laughs> all the sec titles in a row yeah. and then nationals uh gotta be top five or might get yelled at
0: <laughs> Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so just but looking it was really fun uh like now looking back sometimes when I was in college, it's like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is terrible. This is hard. But looking back now it was an extremely fun time. I enjoyed it. I made a lot of good relationships through the sport and through Arkansas. And I'm still able to have those relationships with some of those girls that are still on the team, even though I'm not there anymore. Um, so, I mean, I, I enjoyed it and it's definitely a part of my story of, how much, how far I've come from college and being overly consumed with the sport.
0: <laughs> how do you balance comparison now? You're a little, you're, you're older than you were back then when you struggled with it, got some more experiences, more lessons, mm-hmm. but is this something that still creeps in from time to time? How do you quiet that?
1: Um, from time to time, yes, but not near as much because now I realize that this sport is just extremely hard, especially in the U.S., to, like, to make a team. The goal was always Olympics, Olympics, Olympics. But then whenever you go to the trials and you compete and you make the final and you're three spots out, like, you realize, like, it is tough to make the Olympic team. USA is uh, the
0: hardest hardest team to make, especially here. I mean, yeah.
1: Exactly. And and Chanel, like, la- like last year, that's crazy. Um, and she knows, like, it's just a hard team to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm just like. I'm just going to go out there and do the absolute best that I can on that day. I'm not going to go out there and I have to win this race or I have to run this time because every time I didn't, I would just shut down and be upset and be off by myself. But now I'm like, no, that was just a stepping stone in the right direction. And it'll eventually come because I'm I'm putting in the work. Um, It's just not showing yet. Um, So I don't compare near as bad. And then, Also, my relationship with the Lord has grown a lot uh, because one of my not training partners, but a girl in the sport, Desiree, she started our little master life group. Mm -hmm. And it was a six month journey. And I truly learned like what it is to have a relationship with the Lord where, yes, before I had a relationship. But now I truly understand the meaning and like there's no point in comparing yourself to others.
0: (laughs) Because, you know, it. My thing is in order to even compare, we all have to start from equal playing ground. And it's never the same because we're born in different countries and different opportunities, born in different things. But the constant is our faith does help us get through a lot of things. And it's a double edge. It's a double, uh, two questions in one, Peyton.
1: Um mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you define success now? How do I define success? Um, that's a hard question. Cause that's a question that i struggle with uh
0: let me let me let me let me go and I'll allow you to think a little bit
1: okay.
0: um when i was in well not not in college my whole life until i was about 25 26 when i had a shift um because of my environment how i grew up and the hardships that i had to face from an early age i i i equated my success to circumstances right and for me when I would go to run or run a race and I wouldn't win or play football, I didn't get a certain amount of touchdowns or whatever the case may be. Or I failed a test. I was like, man, I, I suck. Like, yeah. I am terrible. I didn't I didn't come out here to to do this. I'm letting everybody down. I'm letting myself down. And it wasn't a healthy balance. It was very toxic, it was very negative. But as I got older, I realized that the definition of success changes for every single person. And so if you allow the world to determine what success looks like for you, you'll always have an empty void. So it changes and it shifts as we elevate and grow as people, um, because success on the track is different than success in life. But mm-hmm. when you think about what makes the wholesomeness of success,
1: what comes to mind? Um, kind of like what I was saying, I think just taking those baby steps and those steps in the right direction towards success because mm-hmm. success sometimes can be extremely hard to meet. Um, cause you know, a goal, a goal or something of success could be like, I have to make the Olympic team and then I'll feel success. That kind of used to be my, my definition of success, but now I'm like, no, everything leading up to success is success.
0: Mm, 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 that's good, Peyton. That's good. Um, faith. It is a lot of people and this is, you know, and and, and everybody's walk with uh, with Christ is different. Right. And you hear it all the time when people use the word blessed. And generally, when people say the word blessed, there's usually a monetarial thing that's attached to it. But that's not the meaning of blessed. I'm not there to tell anybody what that means. But in my humble opinion, that's not what it means. And in the darkest moments in our lives, whether you're dealing with injury or something that happens, um, Outside of the track, we all have low moments and it's hard to have faith in a low moment, even though that's when we should double down the most. But we're flesh first. How has your faith helped you stay grounded and, 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 and encouraged during all that you've been through, Peyton? Because even right now, you're still working to get to where you know that, you're able, that you want to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing that no matter what, uh, you know, Jesus still loves you. And even though I'm not doing, or I wasn't at the time when I was injured, you know, I wasn't doing the sport. I was still, I could still be there for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I always have younger athletes reach out to me and DM me like, Hey, can you help me with my hurdle form? Can you do this? So during that time, you know, I was helping those athletes and I'm like, wow, I'm injured. And they're still like looking up to me and still wanting that feedback, uh, for me and encouraging me to like, hope you get better. I hope you start feeling better, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, uh, I had that. Um, and just knowing that, like I said, eventually it'll, it'll get better if I keep pushing towards, um, that success. Um, and then having a group of girls uh, where we could meet weekly and, you know, pray and having them pray for me and actually opening up about that. Cause that was something hard for me too, is like asking for help. So like, Hey, I have this injury. Can you please pray for me? Yeah. I, I never did that in the past.
0: Why is that so hard? Uh, where do you think that comes from? Why is this a challenge?
1: I think just cause I put so much pressure on myself. I don't want to believe like I, I can get through it by myself. Like, me i don't need help from other people but then i'm like no i need to let that go and invite people in my life because relationships are important and just we just read the other day that your relationship with with jesus you want it to be similar to how your relationship is with your friends and your peers like you want to be open to them and let them in because then they can help you yes i finally just realized that
0: (laughs) yeah you know it takes time you know um it's, I've one of the, I remember I was sitting in my room one night just trying to like, I must have been going through something. I don't even remember because I was just thinking a lot. And I was, and, I, and it kind of brought me to like, man, like, why did Jesus send his disciples out in two? Like he could, yo, he's Jesus. He could have snapped the fingers and everything would have been straight. But I'm like, why did he send them out in twos? And then you start to really think about it. It's too hard for one person to walk the journey alone. And he knows we need to be encouraged by other people, which why people people always say environment and support makes a big difference, and and it does. But mm-hmm. the fact that you learn that now is is you learn it now, so you don't have to learn it when you're forty. You know, when you're fifty, so it makes it a little bit easier. Um, another interesting thing, Peyton. Obviously, people who follow you now they know that you cook. They know that you're big into food. They know that you're big into health. Mm-hmm. But I also read that you were uh, uh, working on a cookbook, right? What, what, where does the cooking come from? Where does this, this, this culinary aspect come from? What, what, what is the big thing with cooking for you?
1: Um, I think I've always just had a really like broad palate since I was little. Um, My dad, you know, would every day in high school, he would make me eggs, toast and a fresh juice. So like celery, apple, whatever. Oh, and all my friends, trees. yes. Like with the <laughs> juicer, You're I was true. a little bit spoiled, but he was like, so adamant on like my nutrition and I was, I loved it too. So I, I appreciated it. Um, so that kind of kick started everything, just like learning about nutrition in high school and then getting to college. And it's really hard to stay on that, uh, good nutrition because you know that you have the dining halls there's unlimited food there's cookies um (laughs) so that's when huh what's your favorite
0: cookies you said that specifically cookies what's your favorite cookies
1: i like snickerdoodles chocolate chip macadamia any really any cookies but i don't like commercial so like crumble cookies no Mm. no don't like those and they need to be homemade like that um But that's kind of how I got started. And people would notice like, oh, you, you kind of eat healthy. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of always been my thing. Um, And I played around with different diets and those never worked. And so now I'm, I have a way better understanding of food. And now I want to help people with that because people are always asking me like, what do you eat for breakfast? What do you eat for lunch? And so now I have that aspect of myself where it's not just track, like I can help, of, with people with their nutrition. So I love that I have that too, and not just track. I mean, the track kind of helps, helps that because, you know, you have to eat healthy and stuff, but, um, I also have other people that aren't in track that reach out to me. So that's kind of how I got started. Just always having a background in nutrition from my parents.
0: It's a track is a platform for other things, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and this is what I tell people all the time and they don't always listen But it's like you can't you can't get too high in one area and think that you can't that you're going to stay there forever. Because even if you are the body's going to age out at some point and you're not going to be able to do as well as you did before because your body is changing. But let me paint this situation for you uh, for you, Peyton. So, you know, you're having you're having uh, Peyton's annual uh, dinner. Right. And your husband says, look, I'm about to run out, about to get some stuff. What do you need me to get? What are you preparing, Payton, for a group of 12 people? Yeah, Payton's annual uh, dinner cookery, right? What are okay. you putting together? From give me, give me appetizers, give me give me, give me um uh, the fresh juice, because people need the fresh juice to cleanse the palate, right? Give me the entree of what you're putting together.
1: Okay, big groups, uh, something easy would be fajitas. So we, we love uh, making fajitas for our family. Um, so you just got to marinate all the chicken in like some lime juice, some pineapple, maybe a little bit of orange juice, a whole bunch of seasonings, uh, cook it on the pellet grill and make some onions, some bell peppers. Um, then there's like this little, there's this butter sauce that you can make. It's not as healthy, but it's good. And it complements the chicken. Uh, it's a Texas thing, Tex-Mex. <laughs> uh, but for appetizers, I would do uh, fresh guacamole um, with some seasonings and some some chips. Uh, maybe another type of salsa. It's called Texas caviar. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. chunkier uh, salsa, and it's really good on with chips. Um, and then I would serve it with. Uh, some cilantro lime rice I make some Mm. really good basmati cilantro lime rice uh, with some tortillas. If, if you wanted some flour tortillas, corn tortillas, um, cheese, all the fixings that you would add to fajitas Uh, and then fresh juice wise, I guess since it's Mexican night, you could kind of make a fresh juice, but make it a margarita.
0: Mm. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Thing, that's
1: what I'm talking
0: about. Look, a I'm, fresh
1: juice, Margarita, and you could you don't have to add the alcohol, but if you wanted, it would still be good.
0: <laughs> hey, that's a that's an idea that you can put together down the road as well, too. You could, you could, you could make a nice little nice little business doing that right there. Uh Peyton, one of the questions I like to ask people all the time is, you know, especially uh, the athletes that do come on, is I always try and give practical things when it comes to transition, right? transitioning from high school to college, from college to the pros, if that's so fit from the collegiate ranks to the professional ranks, is two different mm-hmm. worlds. <laughs> and I don't think many people realize it's two different worlds. What were some of the biggest challenges for you transition wise from a collegiate athlete where essentially everything is there for you to you doing everything yourself? Did you mm-hmm. have any, did you struggle with that at all?
1: Yeah, I did a little bit. Um, so at Arkansas, we were a little bit spoiled, and we had, you know, our athletic trainers that were on the track with us every day. We would practice, and we also had a chiropractor and massage therapist that would oh, come once a week. Oh, nice, yes. Yeah, so we would just line up, and the chiropractor would do us, get us all right. Then the the massage therapist. So then, when I moved from college to pro, I'm like, oh. All this stuff costs money. (laughs) (laughs) So this is, I can't be doing chiropractor, massage, physical therapy every single day, every week. So that's whenever you have to kind of learn on your own. Okay. I need to learn these exercises myself. And Now I have to do research on the exercises because I can't go as much as I did in in high school. Um, So that, that was a big transition. And then also the travel learning to go overseas and you're jet lagged and you have to compete in two days, like what? And then the food is usually nasty. So like learning to like, you have to pack some protein stuff because there's always going to be a lack of protein overseas. You're always going to be starving. (laughs) Um, So just figuring all of that out the hard way Uh, and then not having your coach Overseas, because I had a college coach at the time. I do have a college coach now. Um, so like warming up on your own, uh, knowing the drills, like when you're setting up hurdles, I'm like, wait a second. He always sets the hurdles up. I don't know how many feet apart these are supposed mm-hmm. to be. <laughs> so just all those little things uh, added up and can like add a lot of stress and pressure, especially when you're at the meet and you're like, well, I am str- i don't know how- if I'm warming up properly. I don't have my coach. Um, so that was the biggest thing. But it did get better.
0: Over time, yeah, you know, it's 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 so interesting. I, I I you know, especially when I was out, you know, in Phoenix, I had already, I'm already, I was already self-sufficient in 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 many ways on the track because I used to just go to the field by myself when I was in high school, and just and just and just work out there. But when I got to Phoenix and got to school, it's like you know, like everybody's doing the same workout, and I'm like, wait a minute, this might not work for me. Like, I, may, I might I not get warm enough like you do, right? So it's interesting the correlation between it. Um, because the transition in anything is, is tough and it's challenging. Um, let me ask you this, Peyton, last, last two questions I have for you. Um, every season changes, right? Every season uh, we learn something more about us, the people around us, or it's a challenging season. And that's why I always say, you know, when people say every year is my year, I'm like, yo, every year can't be a good year. Like it's just not going to happen. But Peyton, if you had to say, if there was a chapter to this season of your life, what, what would the title be? And, and, and give me a little context. Why?
1: Overcoming adversity and, and growth. So mm-hmm. overcoming adversity and growing so in that type of way.
0: Why those two break that down a little bit for me.
1: Um, just overcoming the injury, tra- uh, transitioning to training with a new coach um, not knowing like because I trained with the same coach for six years. So then when you step into a new program, everything's new from the warm up, the way you warm up at, at uh, meets. So I was just a little stressed. And so overcoming that and just learning to trust the process. And then also with the injury, just growing as a person, not putting all of my worth in track and field um, and then not putting that extra pressure on myself at meets. And not looking at, you know, times that other people are running, like, oh, gosh, like, I need to be running those times, just, just relaxing and learning to that it's, this is my story, and it's already written, and I just need to keep riding that path and trusting the process.
0: I lied, last, last two questions, the last two questions, how, how do you handle stress pain?
1: Uh that's still a work in progress. Uh, I usually, I let it build up and build up and build up and then I kind of crash. So I've been, I've tried to get better about that. Like I said, like talking to people, like letting people know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling. Um, or this is what's going on. Can you please pray for me? Um, so lately is just been being more open and talking about it. Uh, and that relieves your stress because then you can, the person can help you through it. Um, my husband can help me through it. My, my parents, my friends, uh, my discipleship group. Um, so that's also something that I have learned to do this past year is just let go and let people in and help me.
0: Wow. That, that is a powerful realization because, You know, that's that's something that we often we think we can handle everything by ourselves until we realize that even Superman and Superwoman both have reactions to kryptonite and they don't do well with that. Um, This season, Peyton, I've been doing closing it out a little bit differently Um, for those that are going to listen, for those who know you, for those who may have seen your journey, been keeping up to it, whether they're from the beginning or they found their path towards supporting you. Um, later down the road, there's always things that we need to hear. And sometimes we don't know what we need to hear until we actually hear it. What is something that is on your heart as of recently, Peyton, that that you've been working on or a message that you would like to share? Or for something that is on your heart, what would that message be? So close us out with the message, Peyton, that is on your heart at this moment or this season.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, lately I have, I've talked to a lot of people just that are going through things in their lives and kind of like what I've told myself in my journey is just to continue and trust that process and that your story is different from everybody else's. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't compare yourselves to others on, on, you know, their success. Cause like you said, everybody's definition of success is different so maybe your success looks differently um so just to continue down your path and to trust the lord trust yourself trust others that are helping you um, and that everything will work out if you continue to work hard and continue to work on yourself and your relationship with the lord because that's that's ultimately what has helped me the most
0: Peyton, thank you so much for your time. You've been gracious with it. I really appreciate it. What is the best way for people to keep in touch with you? Is it is it uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube? What what are your social handles? And 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 I know we you know the cookbook. When when give me even if you don't know, right? Give me give me a date two thousand twenty four. Like what we, what are we talking about here? Twenty five. Uh,
1: maybe
0: maybe twenty six. Twenty six. Okay. Uh, okay okay twenty
1: six. <laughs> Yes. uh, I'm going to be featured in somebody else's cookbook. I do know that. And I think that's coming out soon. She's a collegiate athlete at Duke University. Um, She's got it figured out. She's already got hers going. (laughs) I'm a little bit behind, but eventually I'll get there because I definitely want to help athletes and other people on their nutrition.
0: Yeah. And the best way to keep in touch, Peyton. uh, what are your social handles?
1: Uh, Instagram for sure. Uh, Twitter, I'm on there sometimes. And I do have a YouTube. I don't keep it that updated, but I think it's it's Peyton Chadwick. And then on Instagram, it's Payday, P-A-Y-Y-D-A-Y-Y-Y.
0: Faden, thank you so much for your time. And definitely, you know, you got support for me and Chanel absolutely as well, too. And, and for real, if you ever need prayer, you know, um, we're always a call away, message away, Payton. So thank you again for your time. We appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day.
1: Thank you so much. See ya. Bye.